Welcome to the weekly worship service from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Bourbon A and Kankakee. In today's service, you will hear readings from God's Word, a message from our pastor, the Lord's Prayer, and a blessing for you and your family. But first, a few announcements about our ministry at St. Paul's. We invite you to join us for our weekly 5 p.m. Saturday worship service at our church located at 348 East Merchant Street in downtown Kankakee. We also hold weekly Sunday morning worship services at 8.30 and 11.05 at our school site, located at 1780 Career Center Road in Bourbon A. If you have any health reasons that might keep you away from in-person worship, please consider one of our alternative worship services, such as our worship page on our website, our weekly WKAN broadcast, and through our Facebook stream. You may also request an audio copy or opt for our podcast. All worship services and church information are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. The latest information on our response to the pandemic is available by clicking the COVID-19 tab at the top of the page. For more information about St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, please call the church office at 815-932-0312. And now we pray that you are blessed by the Word of God in today's worship. lesson this morning comes from Romans chapter 5, verses 12 through 19. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because of all sin, for sin indeed was in the world before the law was given. But sin is not counted when there is no law. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgressions of Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come. But the free gift is not like the trespass. For if many die through one man's trespass, 
much more have the grace of God and the free gift by grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. And the free gift is not like the result of that one man's sin. For the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation, but the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. If because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification in the life for all men. For as by the one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners, so by one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. This is the word of the Lord. for the reading of the gospel. according to St. Matthew, the fourth chapter. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against the stone. Jesus said to, get to him, Again, it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, All these I will give to you. You will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him. Behold, angels came and were ministering to him. This is the gospel of the Lord.
grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The meditation for this morning comes from our epistle reading from Romans chapter 5. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men, because all sin. This is our text. When we think about war as Americans, what probably comes to our minds is World War II. The stakes of World War II were enormous, but the crucial moment in World War II was the strategic victory of the Allies in the invasion of Normandy, also called D-Day. This was the most successful seaborne operation, the largest one in the history of the world. D-Day would secure the eventual liberation of France and the defeat of Nazi Germany. But there was another war going on at the same time. It is a war older than World War II. It is a war older than all wars. This war is Satan's war against God. Jesus reveals the result of Satan's war in heaven in the Gospel of Luke when he says, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Satan would wage his war against God, against his very own creation. Satan would tempt our first parents, Adam and Eve, becoming willing co-conspirators to overthrow God's good and gracious rule. Adam and Eve wanted to overthrow God because they wanted to be their own gods. Listen to Satan's words carefully in Genesis chapter 3. But the serpent said to the woman, you will, surely, you, will, you, will not, you will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened. And you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And you will be like God. Adam sought to be his own God. Adam was not content to be the steward of God's good creation. He wanted to be its ruler. And by attacking Adam, Satan plunged the whole creation under death's rule. As St. Paul writes, Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses. And as a result, Adam and all mankind are under the reign of Satan and death because Adam sinned. Paul then states, death spread to all men because all sinned. And what Paul means here is that we did not passively receive this curse of death, but that mysteriously we were all present in the garden united with Adam in our rejection of God's good and gracious rule. In the Bible, one's children are stored in the body of the Father. All of humanity is stored in Adam's body. And one way to think about it is, out of Adam's body came the potential of the entire human race. We were there in Adam. We're not passive agents in this war. But were active participants in dethroning God and becoming our own gods. When we sin, we say, God is not good enough. And death's rule is proof of sin's reign in your body. Death had a solid grip on creation. 
that even without the revelation of the law, people still died. After Adam's fall, God's creation was now under foreign occupation. From the beginning, death was never a part of God's plan for his good creation. The separation, the loss, the pain, the whole at once heart that death brings was never a part of God's plan. Yet death is the curse of sin, the curse brought about by our rebellion. And though we rejected God to be our own masters, are we really in charge of anything? No. We are now slaves to sin and death. We're under sin's domination. We're under death's rule. And because of our sin, we are helpless under its tyranny. Lazarus Spengler, a contemporary of Lutheran, the designer of Luther's Rose, and his hymn, All, My, All Mankind Fell in Adam's Fall, said it best in that first verse we sung at the beginning of service. All mankind fell in Adam's fall. One common sin infects us all. From one to all the curse descends, and over all God's wrath impends. Yet God had a master plan laid out before the foundations of the world. God would not allow something like sin and death to get in the way between him and his good creation. God didn't have to make this world at all. God made this world out of an act of his divine love. God's master plan for this world wasn't going to change because of our rebellion. No, no, no. God was going to get his creation back, a creation that had turned its back on him. And what Paul calls this in Colossians chapter 1, Paul calls this the mystery hidden before the ages. So how was God going to get his creation back? In Genesis 3, God makes his first promise to Adam and Eve. The Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and of all beasts of the, of the field. On your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I'll put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. God promised that the seed of the woman would be the one to crush the head of the serpent. It's strange because only men properly possess seed. What God is telling Eve is that from her own flesh, a promised one will come to destroy the works of sin, the works of death, and the works of the devil. Once and for all. And just as humanity is all of humanity is contained in Adam, a new man is promised to Eve that would be born of a woman. The story of the Old Testament is the working out of that promise God gave to our first parents. You know, one can say that the entire Old Testament is the working out of these first three chapters in Genesis. God gave Adam and Eve a promise. He was going to win his creation back from the tyranny of the devil. And at the right time, God fulfilled his promise he gave to our first parents. Long ago, Paul writes in Galatians, in the same way we also, when we were children, were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. But 
when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. John says in his first epistle, the Son of God came to destroy the works of the devil. Christ came to undo the curse. His purpose was to undo what the first Adam did. The first Adam brought darkness and sin into the world. The second Adam brought light and life into the world. Jesus came to win the ancient war, to defeat our ancient foe. And he would do so not with armies, not with swords, not with brilliant generals, or anything else that we would think would be needed to win a war. Christ emptied himself, becoming obedient unto death, even death on a cross. Jesus did this as an act of pure divine love. See, we can't offer anything that God doesn't already have. Christ came into this world because you are his treasure. You are the apple of his eye. And so Christ came in foolishness to die the death of a sinner, though he did not sin. He died the death of a murderer, though he committed no murder. He died so that the ancient war would be won. As Paul says in Colossians, And you who were dead in the trespasses and uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having, uh, with him, having forgiven all of our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them and him. After hearing all of this, I want you to do one thing today. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus for all that he has done for you. Praise Jesus who knew no sin, who became sin for us. Praise Jesus for the grace he shows us each and every day. Praise Jesus for overcoming our idolatry. Praise Jesus for suffering death so that we may have the victory in this ancient war. Praise Jesus for taking on our guilt so that you may be innocent. Praise Jesus who took on hell itself that you may have citizenship in heaven. Praise Jesus for the love he shows us and for everyone here. When he sheds his light in the dark and lonely places of this world, praise Jesus. When he shows his love when we think we don't deserve to be loved, praise Jesus. Jesus deserves all praise, honor, and glory. Praise Jesus wherever you go, because he has won the ancient war for us. He won that war on that first Good Friday when he says, it is finished. As we enter into the season of Lent, the cross comes to full view. This is an intentional time 
to reflect upon our sins and the depth of God's love for us. Yet while Christ won the ancient war for us, sin and death still continued. In World War II, D-Day was in reality the, co the complete defeat of the Nazi war machine. The Allies had destroyed any chance for the, for the Germans to win victory. Yet the war went on until the Allies took Berlin. While Christ has given to us the victory, we're now in this now and not yet time. We're in the mop-up operations awaiting for Christ's return. We wait as a people of hope, knowing that Jesus is true to his promises. His resurrection from the dead, securing for us victory and eternity. And just as we have been united with Christ in his baptism into death, so too are we united with him in baptism in his glorious resurrection. Because you see, our weapons in this ancient war are not spears or swords or guns. Our weapons are word and sacraments. The scriptures, water, bread, and wine. Those are our weapons to fight against the attacks of the evil foe. They are true and effective, not because the pages on your Bible are special, not because the water is special in baptism or the bread and the wine is special, but they are effective because God has attached his promise to these means so that you may be secure that your sins are forgiven and that he has won the ancient war for you. In our battle this day, when we walk out the doors of the church, our baptismal battle, continually the, the continual drowning of our old Adam, that sinful nature that stubbornly clings to us, the renewal of the new Adam, made in the waters of holy baptism, when you were made God's very own child. Those are the battles we're going to face once we leave these church doors. And you know the battles you are facing. Those battles are placed under the cross. As we reflect upon the cross this Lenten season, remember the promises that God has made you in holy baptism. That through baptism, death no longer reigns. Its sting has been removed. Death has no more power over you. Though we may die, yet we will live. And when the devil throws his fiery darts against you, extinguish them with the promises of holy baptism. When we're tempted to sin, remember who you are in Jesus Christ, who he made you in baptism, a child of God. I want us to sing the last two verses of hymn 562, All Mankind Fell in Adam's Fall, to remind us Jesus won the ancient war and that Jesus has secured victory for all the battles we face. Let us sing these last two verses again.
Thank you, Jesus. May God keep you in his grace until you reach the goal of everlasting life. In Jesus' name, amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all human understanding, keep our hearts and minds for watching faith as we life everlasting. Amen. Dear friends, let us confess our faith using the words of the Nicene Creed we confess together. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and Son together is worshiped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever, amen. Friends, go with God's blessing this day. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Thank you for joining us in this time of worship. From all of us at St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, we thank you for listening. More worship opportunities are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. Just click worship at the top of the page. May God bless you and your family each and every day. And again, thank you for listening.